Welcome everyone to another episode, the week three episode of the Flight Deck Podcast. As always, I'm your host TK and I thank you for tuning in. Well, all I can say is 635. 635. And for those of you who are in the know or a casual fan, you all know what that number represents. 635 days was the amount of time between the Cleveland Browns getting the win. And we had to be the team that gives it up to them. I I swear, it seems as if we are always on the wrong side of history. Always. I mean, we we keep having these indelible marks, you know, uh, splashed on the the legacy of this team. But fumble. Now this, I mean, it's it's very disappointing, very disheartening. But it's in the past, and we have to move on. But before we move on and and get into the uh, Jets Jacksonville game, you know, I I want to just talk a a little while about you know what transpired. Now, to be honest. The team itself hasn't played well, you know, as a whole since the the debacle in Detroit where we, we blew them out 48 to, to 10, I believe, or whatever it was. And we, we were, you know, we were fooled by what we saw week one. It, it turns out to be, be fool's gold so far. But, um... We have had a, a few players, you know, to step up and show their worth, show their medal. And some of them are playing for a contract, you know, a, a multi-year contract. You know, some of them are playing to prove themselves that they belong in the league. And, you know, some of them are playing like they shouldn't be on the on the team, Buster. But, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. But let's let's break down what we saw in Cleveland. And I, I gotta be honest, it was like a, a tale of two halves. I mean the the first half, the defense was was relentless. The the run game was 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 pretty damn good. You know, we, we did have a, a couple of mistakes, but overall they, they played pretty well. After the the first couple drives or whatever, and field position was uh was working in our favor. That's what led to the to the two touchdowns by Isaiah Crowell. Speaking of which, a lot of people were highly upset with his touchdown celebration. I mean, I thought it was you know childish. I thought it was you know dumb, but. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered some because it didn't affect the outcome of the game. And being that he was in Cleveland, I, I get it. I, I I understand. It's something I personally wouldn't have done or something I personally approve of, but it's not a, a make or break type of situation. But, you know, he was having a huge game 
And he was my pick for fantasy stud of the week. And he proved me right. Um, getting, what, 19 points, I believe. But he and Quincy Anunga, who, by the way, has has turned into a full-fledged machine, a star, in my opinion. He's an up-and-coming star. They are the only two who really played lights out at first half. Um, Bilal Powell had some, you know, some big carries. He ended up with 70, what, 73, 75 yards for the contest, 5.2 yards per carry, which I don't understand why they keep going away from the run game when it is proving to be working. I I, I just don't don't understand that. Um I don't know who's deciding that. I don't know if it's Bates. I don't know if it's it's Bowles, but they gotta put their heads together and do something better than what they've been doing. And and I'll talk about that later in, in four keys. But um as I was saying, you know, Quincy has turned into a, a star for the Jets. He and Sam have uh just this this great chemistry and you know, this dude is a physical dude. He he takes it across the middle. He can he can take it over the top. He doesn't shy away from contact. And he he he's getting great yak, for those who don't know, yard after catch. Um and right now, after three weeks, he is the sixth highest rated wide receiver according to uh PFF. So shout out to Quincy Nua. I actually have him on three fantasy squads because I believed him from the beginning. I drafted him. I didn't pick him up off waivers. But right now, everyone else is struggling. Sam is struggling. The offensive line as a whole is struggling. Robbie is... Not only is he struggling, but he's he's very disappointing in his struggle. The The... The offensive coordinator seems to be struggling. I mean, it is just uh, mind blowing how we how we've looked these last two weeks. Just, just, just mind blowing. But you know, you look at at the 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 game itself, and like I said, it was it was a, a tale of two halves almost. We had 13 total drives in that game. Only two drives with 10 plays or more. We had one for 10, one for 13, and the one for 13 only got us a field goal in the second half. And speaking of the second half, where the wheels just seemed to fall off, we had six drives with an average of five plays. I believe three of them had, they were three and out. We had two punts, one field goal, one fumble. Thank you, Robbie. And two interceptions. Like I said, and and only three points. Like I said, a a, a tale of two halves. And I I don't know what they're they're doing. I want to chalk it up to say, hey, that was his third game in 11 days. You know, the guys retired. But... Even if that's the case, that goes to discipline. That goes to the coaching staff having those guys ready to play. And 
first half it seemed like they did also first half they were dealing with Tyrod and they had him on lock Jamal Adams was playing close to the line playing in the box had him on lock they were were after him I think they had four sacks on five sacks maybe they were after Tyrod relentlessly and then he got hurt and all of a sudden I believe Casey Rogers forgot how to coach defense not that he's been just great anyways but he really crapped the bed second half facing Baker they got to Baker one time and after that nothing they just sat back and just let him carve them up I mean he did what he wanted to do pretty much And that's how we lost. Now, on the two-point conversion, they called the, the, the bogus holding against Mo Claiborne and they apologized or whatever the league did. But I honestly don't think it would have made a huge difference if it stayed like that because they had all the momentum. Maybe that two-point conversion, you know, uplifted them even more. But the way that team was looking versus how we we were looking in the second half, Cleveland had all the momentum. They were ready. They were hungry. They looked and played the part of a hungry team willing to do whatever it takes to win. And we looked lost. Now, in that game, we had, um, we like I said, first half defense was great. And Avery Williamson, who, by the way, has been an excellent pickup. Excellent. He had a great night. He had two sacks, five defensive stops. And for a guy who they talked about, you know, not being able to be a three-down linebacker and cover, uh, he only allowed one completion against him. And he had, I believe, 11 tackles, double-digit tackles. And his, you know, his performance, he had a a, a, a 81.8, I believe, performance according to PFF then you had Tremaine Johnson the other big name signer we had he looked apart once again he he limited Landry he limited Callaway but in Callaway's defense Tyrod missed two two big throws that could have been touchdowns but he he only f- allowed three receptions for 27 yards in over 40 cover snaps with the 86.5 grade. That's pretty good. But he's going to have to play better this week. They all going to have to play better this week. Like I said in week one, True Johnson is susceptible to blazing speed. So is Mo Claiborne. And what they'll be facing in Jacksonville with, with Keenan Cole, with, with Moncrief, those guys can run. They can fly. Now I don't I don't know if um I don't know if Blake Bortles would be 
the Blake Bortles are old or the Blake Bortles who have have been playing pretty pretty above average except for his last game but beforehand he was he was pretty good so I don't know what what they're gonna get but I will tell you this whomever they face they will have to play better the defense will have to get a lot of stops the defense will have to help with field position because the offense looks pretty anemic right now So before I jump into the forecast and my four keys to victory for the Jets-Jags game, let me wrap up week's three game with this week's edition of The Good, The Bad, and The Man What The f- The Good. Sam's favorite receiver, Quincy Nunwa. Now, he used his size and his speed to make his way all across the field. Now, he only had four catches for 57 yards Thursday night, but they were huge yards, huge catches. And I believe they all were damn screens, it seems. But he's Sam's favorite receiver. He gets his tough yard as he goes across the middle. He isn't scared. He takes licks and he produces. The bad. For the second consecutive week, the offensive line. Man, the offensive line was just dreadful this game. Terrible. Now, Sam only got sacked, I believe, twice, which isn't too bad. But that really didn't tell the whole story. There was zero protection, and Sam was running for his life seemingly the whole game. Now, I talked about four keys last week about them doing their jobs against uh, Ogan Joby and against Garrett, and they really didn't do that at all. Furthermore, the, the run game really had to work hard because Bilal Powell had to find lanes that really weren't there. He made a way out of no way, and it was because of the lack of quality play from the offensive line. They were just terrible. And Spencer Long, you have got to stop getting pushed back into your quarterback. You were getting manhandled last week. Fix it, and fix it fast. And finally, the total lack of discipline on both sides of the ball. Total lack of discipline. And I'm talking about the penalties and the turnovers. This team committed six penalties for 55 yards. And, I mean, it's no surprise to see this team getting penalized because they have been doing it all year. But the the type of penalties that we saw and the times that we saw was just, just disturbing. Total lack of discipline. The, the biggest one to me was the unsportsmanlike conduct call against True Johnson. Now, as much as I like this guy and as much as he's he's playing well, that was just stupid, dumb. You got a big stop and you give the ball right back to him by committing this this dumb penalty. We, we cannot have that when we are struggling to win games, when we are trying to change the culture, when we are trying to prove that we are not the same old Jets. We have got to do better. Also, the penalty that they called on Mo Claiborne, even though they rescinded it after the fact and said that they were wrong or whatever, it still doesn't matter. We have too many holding penalties in the defensive backfield. We have too many false start penalties up front with the, uh, with the line, too many holding calls. We just have to get better. And and we have to stop dropping the ball. We have to stop turning over the ball. Sam has has too 
two interception games the last two games and Robbie has fumbled the ball in each of the last two games as well so we have got to clean it up by the end of the game I was just staring at the TV scratching my head thinking man what the f- now that I got that out of the way let me just say I'm hoping against hope that I don't have another WTF moment of the week for this week's game against Jacksonville because right now we are a seven and a half point underdog to win this game so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this game I'm hoping that we can produce at a higher level than what we have these last two weeks and the Jags are feeling the same way now they are coming off of a disappointed loss against their division rival Tennessee Titans and looking to bounce back against us. And and they looked terrible last week. I think they lost 9 to 6. But I mean, we can't really really talk because we lost to the Browns who although they are are being joked about, they are are a pretty good team. But anyways, we play this Sunday and right now Jacksonville is struggling. They lost a starting left tackle. Both of their stud running backs are banged up. Leonard Fournette is fighting a hamstring problem. Um, And then TJ Yeldon has an ankle problem, I believe. Also, their receiving core is probably as no-name as ours. Maybe even more so no-name than ours. But they do have a couple guys who can hit home runs with some pretty blazing speed. And that was something that I talked about earlier that we would have to watch for because they can go over the top with uh, Cole and with Moncrief. So they have to be ready. But this is a winnable game. This is a winnable game because of the, the things that I said was going on with Jacksonville and also because of the defense that we have that, that's capable of creating turnovers, getting stops, only if they play with, with discipline, only if the coach um, can adjust on the fly if need be, which it, it hadn't looked that way very much this year. But this is a very, very winnable game. Um, and, you know, our defense is probably the best part of our team right now. And we don't have a bad defense, regardless of what, you know, people are saying, you know, fans are saying, our defense really isn't bad. We are a top 10 defense right now. We have given up, uh, we are ninth in total yards given up, seventh in total passing yards given up. We're giving up 204 yards per game passing. We're 12th in run defense. We're giving up 102 yards per game rushing. We're 10th in scoring defense, only allowing 19.3 points per game. We're second in the NFL. We're tied for second in the NFL with five interceptions. We're tied for first with five forced fumbles. And we are 14th middle of the pack with uh, eight sacks this season. 
So this defense can produce. This defense can get turnovers. They can get stops. They just tend to shoot themselves in the foot with boneheaded plays. Now let's talk about offense. Um, we just got to be better up front. We have got to control the ball, control the clock, because, and, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, the, the offensive line will have their hands full with that Jacksonville front seven because they have some monsters. Calais Campbell, he has three, maybe four sacks this year. Yannick Ngakwe, he's fast. He can get to the quarterback. Marcel Darius, he is a bull up front. He is a, a wall when it comes to, to uh, the run game. He can also get to the quarterback. They have Miles Jack. They have Dante Fowler Jr. who can get at the quarterback. He has a couple sacks this year. And speaking of which, I really hope that the Jets go after him in free agency. I like this kid. I think he will help us a lot. But then you look at their back end. They have Gibson at safety. They have two of the the best uh, cornerbacks in A.J. Boye and, of course, the uh, the the much talked about, the highly talkative Jalen Ramsey. But he produces. So, you know. If you can walk it like you're talking, more power to you. The offense will have their their work cut out for them, especially the line. They have to protect Sam. We have to be able to run the ball to control the clock. And this game will come down to field positions. We can't right now we don't look like an offense that can that can go eighty yards, ninety yards. We need, you know, fifty or sixty yard drives, forty yard drives in order for us to win this game and that will be huge for us but you know like I said this is a winnable game we can't do this and right now I will give you what I believe are the four keys to us winning this game four 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 keys keys to to victory. victory one As always, and until they prove me differently, offensive line play is the first key. Now, like I said earlier, they will be dealing with another amazing front seven. Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, Marcel Darius, Dante Fowler Jr. They will have their hands full. They also will be tasked with making running lanes for Powell and for Crowell. And last week, Powell had 5.2 yards per carry, Crowell only had like 3.2, but he did score the two touchdowns. And they will have to make sure that those guys can run the ball smoothly. Sam was sacked twice, but he was rushed numerous times, running for his life. So they really have to fix that. So offensive line play is paramount to us winning this game, controlling the ball, and keeping that defense wore down and on the field. Two. Turnovers, 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 turnovers will be key for us as well. And I'm talking about on both sides of the ball. We have to have turnovers on defense. We have to not have turnovers on offense. As we know, Sam threw two picks last week. That's his second two-pick game in a row. Robbie fumbled the ball last week. That's his second uh, lost fumble 
in a row, and we have to have zero from both of those guys in order for us to win this game. We cannot commit untimely turnovers, whether it's first quarter or fourth. We can't have them at all. That's huge for us. Also, on the defensive side of the ball, we have to force turnovers. We have to make their quarterback, Blake Bortles, look like the Bortles of old and toss a lot of picks, just like we did in Detroit. That's what we need. Like I said earlier, we can take the ball away. We have 10 total takeaways this year, so we are capable of doing that. On the flip side, Jacksonville doesn't have many. They have maybe one interception this year, which was a uh, pick six by Miles Jack, and I believe two forced fumbles. So they aren't really taking the ball away, but they are playing quality defense, so we have to win the battle of the turnovers. Three. The defensive adjustments or rather the lack of defensive adjustments really hurt us week after week, especially last week, second half. We all saw this on full display when Baker Mayfield came in and he carved that defense up. And honestly, after seeing that and listening to him, I really and truly believe Jamal Adams 100% when he said that they had no game plan for Baker Mayfield, which, I mean, they really probably shouldn't have, but they should have had plays where they could lean on to create uh, turnovers or confusion or at least slow them down. But they had nothing for Baker and it really showed. You know, they all of a sudden they stopped blitzing, they stopped being aggressive, they sat back in the zone and got decimated. So we have to have the defense step up as far as adjustments from the coaching staff. I don't know if it's Bowles, I don't know if it's Rodgers, but they both need to get together and get it right. Four. And finally, this vanilla offense needs to go. Run, run, pass, run, run, pass, screen, pass, screen, pass. Like I said, it was a tale of two halves, and we got to get that fixed. We had 13 drives, only two drives with 10 plays or more. That is just ridiculous. We have got to push the ball down the field when we can. They need to open up the playbook for Sam, take the training wheels off, and just let the kid play because these short passes are killing us, and everybody's seeing it. Everybody's knowing our offense, and we can't get shit done. So this vanilla offense has got to go. We need to score. Four. Four. Four, four keys to victory. All good things must come to an end, and this is no different. At least I hope it's, it's a good thing. Now, before I get out of here, I do need to give you guys my prediction for this week. And also my prediction for this week's fantasy stud and fantasy dud on the New York Jets. Now, with everything that I said earlier about our offensive line, about our defense, about our play calling, about the four keys to victory. With all of that being said, I still truly and really believe that we can pull this game out. And we have had time to get everything together we have had time to rest, recuperate, and create a game plan in order to win this game. So with that being said, I have the New York Jets beating, that's right, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 21-17. Sam Donald will play better. The offensive line hopefully will play even better. But the defense will do their part. I think they will give us short field positions. And that will be the catalyst that we need to win the game. So, once again, 
New York Jets 21 Jacksonville Jaguars 17 Off the strength of This week's fantasy stud Which will be Once again My guy Quincy Anuma I think he will have another huge game. I'm I'm thinking he will have maybe six to seven catches and he will finally break the 100 yard threshold and score a touchdown this week. Now with him being fantasy stud, we have to have a fantasy dud. And unfortunately, fantasy dud this week will be Isaiah Crowell. I think they will use Bilal Powell more this game, seeing as how he ran the ball so well last week. Also, they will run more pass plays through the running back to neutralize the speed of that front seven and also um, to help take some of the pressure off of Sam with those pass rushing linebackers. So, fantasy stud, Quincy Numa. Fantasy Dud, Isaiah Kroll, and I'm hoping that another fantasy stud will be the New York Jets defense overall. So let's hold hope against hope that that happens and we win this game. So with that being said, I would like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to the Flight Deck Podcast. I really enjoy talking to you guys i really enjoy interacting with you guys on the page please like share and follow that's the flight deck podcast on facebook invite your friends tell your friends all about it we will start having giveaways we'll start having contests we are all about the new york jets just like you are so i will see you next week Thank you.